Yeah. So, I mean, like if I'm going in and doing like a normal clean for two hours, I'm maybe getting like, you know, 60 bucks after tax. Um, whereas if I go in and clean a house in lingerie for two hours, I'm probably coming away with 250 to 300 bucks. Welcome back to Other People's Lives. I'm Joe Santagato. I'm Greg Dybeck. For anyone out there that wants to be a guest on our show, uh, hit us up. Our email is oplpodcast at gmail.com. We go through all of them. So if it fits for the show, we'll hit you up. Yeah. So as for today's episode, we are speaking to a woman who reached out to us. The subject line of the email was, I worked as a lingerie housekeeper. And you guys know... Joe and I are suckers for uh, unique business models, so we're instantly interested in uh, learning more about what a lingerie housekeeper is exactly. It seems kind of self-explanatory, but we're, we're not going to assume. But we've got the guest on the line, so thank you so much for being on today. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So what is a lingerie housekeeper and how does someone find themselves in a position to be one? Sure. So like you said, pretty self-explanatory. Um, so I get all dolled up, get in my lingerie, and I clean people's houses. Um, for the most part, I'm not doing any of the hardcore cleaning duties. Like I'm not cleaning toilets. At least no one's asked me to yet. Um, but mostly, you know, light cleaning duties and kind of being a conversationalist. And the way that I personally got into it was I, I've been a regular housekeeper for a number of years and I ran into an old friend from high school at the gym one day um, and you know you get chatting you know what are you up to and I told him oh I'm cleaning and he says I have you know this girlfriend that does this lingerie housekeeping in this fancy part of town and she's making bank um, and I kind of just sat on that idea for a while and you know then I get to a little bit of financial hardship and uh, started going on to this these like sugar daddy websites and I kind of posted on there, um, I guess, just kind of saying, you know, this is what I do. If you're interested, send me a DM. And it just kind of snowballed from there. So what, what, what kind of cleaning do you actually do? If you're not doing like the toilets and stuff, like, is it just like, you know, is it like laundry or you're like cleaning, making sure everything's like organized? Or is it mostly just sort of, because you said also like conversationalist, is it mostly sort of like a show in a way for for people or an experience rather than a, like a deep clean it's definitely an experience um so one of the clients i had actually has like a regular housekeeper that comes in weekly so mostly i was doing you know the countertops um, the cupboard faces uh, i even helped make him some meals so he really didn't want anything extensive like i would do some vacuuming but mostly because you know you do a lot of bending and a lot of kind of yeah, I guess kind of putting on that show in a way. Hmm. So when you're performing this, is the person who hired you just kind of following you around the house, watching you like clean things and vacuum? I mean, typically, yes. Um, so one of my really good clients, he would, you know, have a drink and kind of follow me around chatting. Um, There's a couple of times he'd be like in a business meeting in the other room Um and then pop out and come chat again and just complain about his day. But, you know, for the most part, they're just kind of going about their business. And I think for the most part, they just really like having someone to chat with is what I've kind of picked up on. And, and what kind of clientele do you usually get 
So I've met with a lot of potential clients and it's a, it's a wide range. So I've met from people like young guys in their twenties. I've met older gentlemen, you know, in their seventies and, you know, I was very particular. So I only have two clients that I really work with and they're both probably in their mid to late thirties. Huh? I don't know why. I mean, this is just pure assumption, uh, but I don't know why I thought it would be older men for some reason. And that's that's, what I thought as well. (laughs) Yeah. So like mid, mid to late thirties is pretty young. Are either of these men married or no? No, one's divorced. And then one is just a young guy who came to town for business and was just kind of by himself. So he, he was definitely all about the companionship. Okay. And is it, is this typical that you would only have two clients or have you just kind of like, you know, put it all the way down to this to make it easy? Just, you have two. Um, I think at the end of the day, I think it was what I was comfortable with. Cause I had lots of people that were, um, interested, but you know, a lot of them, the caveat was like, but what about the sex? And it just wasn't something I was really interested at the time. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. I think that's like the big question here is, uh, is sex a part of this? Is sex ever a part of this? Or I guess for you, that was just always a hard no when you got started. Initially, it was a hard no. Um, you know, I always told myself that wasn't something I would do. Um, but I ended up building quite a bit of rapport with those two clients that I did end up keeping, and it did end up sexual. Uh, interesting. I mean, I feel like that's like uh, every guy's fan, not every guy, but you know what I mean? It's like a typical, <laughs> like, cliche fantasy of being like, oh, the the housekeeper. You know what I mean? So it is... Interesting. And how long did you, how long have you been working with them? Um, so I don't currently work with either, but I worked with one for about a year and the other probably about five or six months. Um, mm-hmm. but it really just and, ended mostly because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Right. And how often did you go and clean their apartment? Usually once a week. Um, one of the guys was quite a bit busier. So, it, you know, sometimes it'd be two to three weeks, but the one guy that I had, he like, sometimes it would be two times a week. Um, other times I'd see him once a week. Okay. So pretty frequently. And, uh, I know we just kind of start rattling off questions about this job because it's, (laughs) it's super interesting. And I think it's, it's so interesting to hear something like this because it's the job itself. And then it's the, the clientele on the other end. And you think about the people who, you know, do this or pay for this. And that's so interesting in itself. But I guess to kind of bring it back to the beginning, uh, so you were cleaning houses, you said that you hit some financial trouble. So can you just kind of walk us through your initial decision to give this a try and uh you know how did you how did you feel about it was it is this something scary to do is it something did you feel like shame around did you feel like you were almost selling out or i guess what were kind of the initial thoughts and the the decision to say okay let me go ahead and try to do lingerie housekeeping so the initial thing was when i first had that conversation with that old friend he was telling me the amounts of money that his friend was making. And I was looking at my own schedule. I'm like, I'm working like eight to 10 hour days and I'm making that much. And she makes it in two hours. And that was kind of my first big tip off. Um, And then, you know, I was, I was single at the time and I was a single mom and, you know, I just felt like I had no time with my son and I was kind of just stuck um, working seven days a week. And, you know, I ended up hiring someone on that took part of my, my workload. So I really, 
started trying to fill that time. So I went onto these websites and, you know, first it was just kind of meeting prospective clients, um, you know, getting free lunches and stuff. And then when I did meet these couple of people that started filling up my schedule a bit more. And, um, I mean, I don't know if it was shame necessarily. I think more fear at first, um, on these sites, everyone uses an alias and everybody, well, nearly everyone doesn't have pictures of themselves up. And even if they do, like, I, you know, I would speak to someone and then find out later that was definitely not who they were. Mm. So that was definitely the scariest part of it was figuring out, okay, who do I interact with? Who do I want to meet up with in person? You know, what's the safest way of going about this? Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions because I imagine, you know, it's a pretty vulnerable thing just to go to technically a stranger's house uh, and then to be in lingerie while cleaning and they're kind of like following you around. Like it's, you know, I feel like that would be very scary. And is there like, how do you vet these people and how do you like come to the conclusion like, okay, I feel safe enough to go there? So first and foremost, I was careful when I was picking people from the site. So I wouldn't take it off the site unless I was certain they were a real person. They were actually local to the area and they weren't throwing off like immediate red flags. So people that were really like overly aggressive or overly needy or like, hey, beautiful 10 times in a row, like those were the people I wouldn't really continue with. Um, And then people who showed their actual face, I felt more um, kind of not attracted to, but more willing to speak to. Like if they had multiple photos and you could tell it was the same person, it's like, okay, that's less likely that it's going to be, you know, a bot or something. Yeah. Um, And then the most important thing was anytime I did meet someone, even like a prospective person, I didn't meet them at their home first. I would meet them at a coffee shop or out for lunch somewhere in a public place. And very often I wouldn't use my real name to start. You know, the two clients that I kept, they learned my real name, but no one else ever did. Oh, yeah, that seems like a very safe way to go about it and, uh, you know, pretty thorough vetting process uh, or else, yeah, I can't imagine who some of the people are that try to, I mean, we know we've had conversations with people just scamming on these sites or, you know, how scary it could be uh, to possibly fall for traps. But um for you, had you ever done anything in the realm of sex work before, or was this the first thing? Um, I mean, I've been propositioned for feet pictures before, but I think that's kind of one of those generic. So have we, I think Joe gets, I think Joe gets a DM like every day. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was particularly for a swollen ankle, like chronic ankle sprains. The guy was really into that, but, um, I never actually uh, sent him wait, photos. Wait, a guy <laughs> asked you a guy asked you to sprain your ankle and send him pictures of it? No, he was aware that I got sprains quite frequently and anytime I did, he's like, "Yo, send some pics." Like he was really really into like the sw- swelling. That's a wow. very niche that, fetish. Yeah, that is a brand new one that I had never heard before, <laughs> but that is very interesting. Yeah, little little side note there. Um <laughs> Yeah. But uh I mean, no not really. Um like I, I had been interested and I like toyed with the idea because again, it comes back to money, right? It's like, what's like an easy-ish way I can make money? Should I try selling my underwear? Should I try meeting people? Should I try having sex with people or being like a sugar baby? And none of those really had that appeal to me. Um, so this is kind of the first time I ever really jumped into the into this realm. Okay. So that first time you did it then, do you kind of remember how it went? Was it a little awkward for you? And can you just kind of walk us through uh, just what happened? Like you show up and kind of what is the show that goes on and 
what is your, I guess, performance, so to speak? Sure. So the first client that I really went ahead with, um, we were supposed to meet at a coffee shop um, that he picked. And of course, it was closed, um, which I'm not saying he knew it was going to be closed, but it was. <laughs> so, you know, he says, you know what, I live two blocks away. Why don't you follow me there? And, you know, we can we can have a conversation there. I'll make you a drink and we'll chat about it. Um, probably should have just left, but I didn't. So I was, I'm getting nervous hearing that. Yeah. So I, you know, I dropped a pin for a friend of mine and said, you know what, this is where I am. You don't hear from me with, within the hour. Let someone know. Um, so I went and it turns out he's again, like the 30 year old guy, he's single dad. So his house was littered with kid stuff. Um, so that kind of, you know, eased me a little bit. Um, and honestly, that first interaction, we literally just sat down, he made appetizers, we had a glass of wine and we just talked. And I said, you know, kind of, what are you looking for? What do you want to get out of this relationship? And it was really, really just straightforward. Um, so I ended up leaving that day. Nothing happened. I came back probably about a week later. Um, I brought my little backpack full of, you know, cute clothes and shoes. I asked him if he wanted to pick. He said, no, surprise me. Um, so I got changed at his house. And then really it was just that, you know, he had little bits of cleaning supplies, like a spray and some rags. Um, and I cleaned his kitchen. He made, gave me another glass of wine. Uh, I ended up cooking dinner with him that night in my lingerie. Uh, and then we played a game of pool and I went home. Fun evening. Interesting. Yeah, it's quite <laughs> the evening there. Um, and are you, like, is part of the show ever, like, because I imagine there's a lot of people that are like, oh, why don't you just take off your top or try to do something? Like, is there ever, like, partial sort of nudity in that sort of way? Or is it always, like, the lingerie stays on, this is what it is, and I just clean the house? Um, that was sort of the plan. So I would say the first probably three or four times that I met with him, it was very much like that. And then, you know, as we've been, you know, we're talking and we're, you know, building a bit of a bond through this, then then he started being a bit more comfortable to ask, you know, are you okay taking off your shirt? Or, you know, are you sure you don't want to stay, you know, a little later in the evening this time? Um, but it was definitely, he didn't try to push any boundaries before I was ready. Um, I did end up having like a sexual relationship with him. But honestly, after that happened, it became less about like the lingerie and more so we would just you know, have kind of a date night together. Mm -hmm. But he'd still be, he'd still be paying essentially. Yeah. Oh yeah. He would still be paying. Oh, okay. So it's just, it was kind of like, once it got to that point, it was like, all right, the formalities are like, I don't actually need my kitchen cleaned right now. That's yeah, that, that's yeah. right. <laughs> um, okay. That's interesting. Were you, I guess before you kind of developed this rapport, are you consciously thinking about, like what, how tantalizing you make all this? Like, are you almost worried of like, like how playful you are, like turning a guy on too much that they might get too excited? Like, is that a fear that you have? Um, a little bit. Uh, but again, with the vetting process, you know, these two people that I, that I did go to their homes, you know, I didn't have that fear necessarily. Obviously the first time there's a little bit of anxiety, but you know, it's almost like going over to a friend's house where you kind of trust them a little bit. Um, so obviously, you know, it is kind of an act and a bit of a show. But if I could tell he was getting a little like too excited, I would pull back and, you know, I'd ask him a question about his family or, mm. you know, just kind of try to divert the situation a little bit more. Okay. Mm. And and how long, like, 
is it like a two hour like cleaning sessions or how long does it usually last? Like, like what are they paying for? They're paying by the hour, I assume. So I never really charged by the hour. It was more kind of by the job. So, you know, there are some days I'd be there for an hour and a half. You know, if he's like, well, actually, I got to jump into this meeting. You know, why don't you take off? Um, or, you know, there's be some days when we were chatting a lot, I'd be there for, you know, three, three and a half hours. Hmm. Got so, it. so it wasn't really like a set thing, like, oh, here's two hours of your time. It was just kind of like, you know, just come over, fill it out. And then whenever you felt like going, I guess you would go. Yeah, exactly. And like the same way that we weren't really concerned about the exact amount of time, we weren't really, well, at least I wasn't super concerned about the exact amount of money either. Mm. Um, particularly with the with the first gentleman, you know, it was kind of whatever he had in his wallet at the time, which again, I'm sure was another ploy because he conveniently always had around the same amount of money in his wallet. Um, but like, I wasn't, you know, going to be a stickler like, oh, you, you know, you shorted me 50 bucks or anything uh, like that. Did uh, once you started having sex with one of the clients, did you charge him more or was he still getting the cleaning deal? Um, he kind of voluntarily offered more. Um, like I even went over a couple times with the second client where we had sex and I didn't even charge him for anything. Like I went oh. over for his birthday party cause he didn't have any friends here. Um, so, you know, it, it really varied. Um, again, I wasn't super concerned about the amount, so whatever he offered and was fine. What, what is the reason that you don't work with these two, uh, guys anymore? Um, one, because of COVID. So he got really, especially he is, uh, you know, like a young child. So he was really concerned about COVID. Um, so we did chat for a bit after, you know, he'd Snapchat me or whatever, but it kind of fizzled out on its own. Um, the second one, actually, we became quite good friends. Um, and we stopped because I had a boyfriend and, you know, we got engaged. So funny oh. enough, I actually started cleaning for him fully clothed, like through my actual cleaning company. Whoa. And my, yeah, my, my now husband has no idea how we know each other. I was going to ask, is that, that's just a, that's a secret that you'll, you'll keep to yourself, I assume. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think he would take to it very well. And it's something that, you know, like I stopped as soon as we got serious. So I'm kind of putting that, you know, on the back burner of, you know, well, what doesn't, what he doesn't know doesn't hurt him. There was no mm. overlap or anything. Does he know that you used to do that at all? Or is it a secret that a lot of people like don't really know, like your personal friends and family and stuff? Uh, no, I have one friend, the one that, you know, I would tell where I'm going and who I'm meeting. That's the only friend that really knew. Um, I have told my husband that this is like an avenue I'd like to explore um, from a business angle, not myself cleaning, but having a team doing it. Um, and he's not super thrilled with the idea, but, you know, it's it's on the table. He doesn't know that I've been personally involved, though. Ah, Got it. that's smart. So I was because I was going to ask, <laughs> like, do you miss it if the money was if the money was that much better? Um you know, you must miss it. But I mean, congrats on being engaged as well. That's amazing. But uh, so you would never go back and do it yourself now that you're engaged. That would be completely off the table. But you would be interested in um, essentially having a business where you would employ the maids who do this type of work. Yeah, that's correct. Um, you know, I think at this point in my life and, you know, my husband is a lot more um a little less liberal than I am. So he, um, you know, I just know he really wouldn't be open to that because I've told him from the, the business standpoint, you know, I would be the one going in and kind of vetting the people up front and mm -hmm. he doesn't even like that idea. Um, he'd rather me be completely disconnected from it, if not, not do it at all. 
but I, I like it. I think it's kind of fun. And I think it's a good opportunity for, you know, young girls to make some money in a safe way. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks like you're in a little bit of a pickle there trying to figure <laughs> out, you know, trying to balance. How, how hard would you pursue that? Like now that, you know, I guess we have to take your relationship into account, but if you, if you really felt like this is, uh, this is an opportunity that I don't want to pass up, like, would you really try to push this and make it happen? Um, honestly, probably. Um, I mean, I have a lot of business ventures like in the, like in the works already. So it's not top of my list, but if I ever get to that point where I can take a step back from what I'm doing and kind of pursue that a bit more then I, I definitely would take that opportunity. And I mean, the fact that you're saying you only had two clients, um, and was this what you were, uh, oh, but those, oh, sorry. I just remembered you were saying you had the regular cleaning company, but then you would do this with your two clients on the side, right? Yes, that's right. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, is are you able to like sustain, you know, your lifestyle with just two clients by doing this? But honestly, I, if I met both of yeah. them in one week, like sometimes that'd be the same amount, if not more, than I would make from cleaning in a week. Yeah, that's. I was going to wow. ask, like, how just just to try to wrap our heads around the difference of. I think you said, you know, working like almost an eight-hour day cleaning. Um, do you? I mean, you don't have to share these numbers, but if you're willing to, like, what? You would almost like what what would like a standard fee be if you were, you know, doing just the laundry housekeeping for like an hour or two hours at someone's house compared to regular cleaning? Yeah. So, I mean, like if I'm going in and doing like a normal clean for two hours, I'm maybe getting like, you know, 60 bucks after tax. Um, like, well, obviously, my prices have increased now, but it's just it doesn't really, it's not really the same. Um, whereas if I go in and clean a house in lingerie for two hours, I'm probably coming away with 250 to 300 bucks. Well, that's an that's enormous multiple. Yeah. There you go. Okay. I see. I see the appeal. Definitely. That, that, <laughs> that puts it in perspective, especially that's, yeah. If that's just like two hours essentially. And, uh, to have a client that like you're comfortable with at that point too, then that's uh, pretty easy money, I guess. Yeah, no, it was actually pretty fun. What um what do you think made you good at that job? Um I think it's the same thing that makes me good at my current business. It's just that I'm a people person. Like I love talking to clients. I love figuring out what they like and especially when I go in and clean someone's home, I'm asking the client, you know, what do you want to see? You know, we don't really have like that playbook of okay, everything's going to be lined up like this cuz not everyone likes that. So like when I'm going in and talking to, you know, a lingerie housekeeping client, it's, you know, I'm the sounding board for these people. They can tell me their life story and I'll, you know, add my anecdote, but I'm there for them, right? Like I'm not throwing in any of my personal stuff. I'm letting them just feel completely comfortable in their own home and, you know, just letting them kind of enjoy themselves, right? It sounds like you're sort of a therapist in a way. <laughs> It feels like it sometimes. <laughs> I was going to ask, do people tend to just open up and like, you know, dump a lot of personal stuff on you? Yeah, I would say definitely like, even when I was meeting people for coffee, like some of these lonely older gentlemen, like I got their whole life story in an hour coffee sometimes. Um, yeah. People just want to talk. Yeah. And we've learned that. Like, I think we have a pretty good understanding from, you know, so many people, so many sex workers that we've spoken to where it always boils down to when they talk about clients of, uh, just the, the human, like how obvious it is that human connection and conversation kind of trumps like 
tits and ass or, you know, I don't know why I said tits. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have to do that. Um, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, that's part of it. Sure. You know, great part of the package, but, uh, you know, some people will almost like not even need that and just like take people's time. Like we've spoken to cam girls who are like, you know, I have clients that just want to come on and talk and tell me about their life or, you know, it's just lonely people that kind of want connection. And this is an in. And then, like you said, to have the skill that you have to be very personable, to be a good listener. Like sometimes that's hard to come by with friends and family. So to find a stranger who is good at that, uh, I could see why a lot of people, you know, seek out that sort of connection. Definitely. And I'm also very discreet too. Like even with my, my clients now for cleaning, like I'm not going to go showboat things that I see in people's houses or their behaviors or anything like that. So, you know, with those two clients I have, they are absolutely certain that nobody knows, you know, what they're paying for in their spare time. And like I said, I'm still friends with one of them today and nobody knows our history. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is a, a definitely a job that I didn't even really consider. I mean, I knew, I feel like I knew that it existed, but I didn't know that it existed in this sort of way where, uh, you know, what you're talking about is it being like more conversational. Like it's less like this is a, a strip show or whatever. And it's more just kind of like I am in lingerie, but we're also like forming a connection and, and like talking and, and just to echo what we've been saying for the last five minutes. But it seems like people who maybe higher for that sort of thing are actually looking for like a deeper human connection also, which you can, which you get through conversation and talking, you know? Yeah. And I definitely think if you're looking for people that just want that like sex show, you're going to find them too. You know, I was just kind of careful and I wasn't really interested in catering to that, but I, I'm certain it's out there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that, that's true. But I guess for this profession in general, like lingerie housekeeping or even like nude housekeeping or something. What, what do you think it is about that specifically? Is it like, um, I don't know, is it just like a good entry point for people that like might want to explore like sex work? Like it's obviously different than, Hey, let me like find a prostitution line or something like that. Like wh why do you think people go towards this specifically? Or is it fetish? fetish based around, you know, the maid fantasy. I mean, it could definitely be fetish based because, you know, after I leave and we don't have sex, I don't know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like if they want to masturbate after I leave, that's totally fine. I don't care. Um, you know, one of the guys, he always had preferences for the clothing. Um, so, you know, sometimes it'd be made or sometimes he would just pick a color. But again, there was no sex. So I'm, I'm certain he's doing something after I've left. Um, and I think it's a good entry point, like, especially if you do it well and you get the right clients, you know, if you want to take that step into actually having sex or becoming like a sugar baby, it's a good point as long as they're respecting your boundaries. Um, cause if you build that rapport, like it can open a lot of doors. Like I definitely got more money once, once the sex was thrown in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, how do you, and I'm assuming clients are not like sitting there, like taking photos of you and whatnot? No, that was something I was really strict about, you know, even on my profile, when I was looking for clients, like I didn't have my face up or anything like that. And, um, like I said, I'm being discreet and I kind of want the same respect in return. 
Yeah, I think that's, you know, you said it before, but that skill of being able to communicate to, you know, set your own boundaries, um, but to also make the person feel comfortable and like they're getting, you know, a unique experience, not just cookie cutter. Uh, it seems, seems like a good way to, to go about it. But very, very cool to, to learn about this. And uh, I think we're, we're interested in what the future holds for you because you seem really knowledgeable on this and, um, you know, have a, a good approach to it. Uh, you've found a way in your, you know, experience with it to vet and, and be safe and, you know, make some lasting connections. So uh, what I'm trying to say is when you're ready for investors, you know where to find us. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on today and, and talking to us about, uh, you know, this occupation. It's always fun to do an episode where we get to learn about, you know, something that you kind of know existed, but you didn't. Uh, and also just like an occupation and from your uh, perspective. So thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Good luck with everything and have a good one. Thanks. You guys too. Bye. See you. Before we get to our final thoughts, we do have some sponsors for today. The first one being BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online counseling. Uh, if you would like to talk to a therapist, you can just start doing you can start doing so in just under forty eight hours with BetterHelp. Uh, all you have to do is head to BetterHelp.com. Uh, it's more affordable. It's more affordable than in person therapy, which can be quite expensive. Um, and you will also save some money. You will save ten percent off in your first month if you go to BetterHelp.com/opl and use our code. Uh, you will save ten percent off your first month. Um, but it is great. It's customized as well, so you can talk on the phone. Uh, you can do video chat or you know whatever you want, whatever you're most comfortable with. Um, there's a lot of people that have reached out and said that they had a good experience with BetterHelp, so we're excited to be able to promote it. Um, I myself have been in therapy for about two years now, and I think it's amazing. Even if you don't have anything that's like immediately on your mind or something, you're not feeling like overwhelmed. Like it's good exercise for your brain, I believe. So yeah, go head on over to uh, BetterHelp.com/opl. Get 10% off of your first month of therapy. Um, and secondly, we have Manscaped, which is our next sponsor for today. Uh, and Manscaped is going to help you with everything when you're scaping your man downstairs, okay? Uh, they have a performance package 4.0. It has everything you need to prepare for that summer bod, all right? The summer's here, and it's going to stay here for the next couple of months, so you're going to want to help. You're, you're going to want to get this. Uh, they have the lawnmower, lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer. I have Manscaped, and I'm going to tell you right now, it works. And it works very well, uh, and it's great. Um, but yeah, so get a good haircut up here, but also you need a good haircut down here. And the barber's not going to do that for you, but Manscaped will. Uh, but yeah, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code OPL at manscaped.com, spelled M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com uh, slash OPL. Uh, that's 20% off plus free shipping with the code OPL at manscaped.com. So go out there. You know, take care of your stuff downstairs, fellas, uh, and do it with Manscaped, okay? Again, that is manscaped.com slash OPL. Well, um, you investing? <laughs> um, is it legal? I don't know. <laughs> as, as soon as you started going like, so tell me about this company. I was like, this kid. I was like, he's, he's thinking like, all right, maybe... 
Dude. I'm going to get a, a, an email in a couple of days. You love it too. It's cool. Like that's... No, I know. <laughs> she's got the entrepreneurial spirit and she... Uh, I have no uh, doubt. I mean, look, she's in a little bit of a pickle with her husband and I totally understand her. Like she said, there's no overlap. She never like cheated on him. Like it was a life before him. So I get it. She wants to keep that locked up. Cool. Uh, but, but, you know, f- even from that brief conversation, I have no doubt she'd, she'd be able to you know, put a, a nice business model together and get some employees and, you know, just have these, have some lingerie maids just taking over the country. I believe it. I mean, she sounded very uh, approaching it in a very, you know, business-like sort of way. Uh, so, you know, I, I feel like it would all work out anyway, but it, it is interesting. It's also interesting to, to think that like there was someone in their 20s being like, yeah, I'm going to hire for this. I, that's not the demographic that I had foreseen Mm -hmm. for this sort of thing but yeah that was interesting but you know it's always uh it's always good when your assumptions are proven wrong i mean i I guess if you're in your 20s and you're like and you're a single dude being like you know i definitely want a housekeeper why not why not i guess right if you can afford it too i'm looking now so i actually just googled like in the area 300 dollars a week is, is not small no, yeah, but I found I found a couple here. I found Dream Maids. You can buy a lingerie cleaning. It says one hour ninety nine dollars, two hours one hundred ninety nine. They have topless cleaning, and then they have full nude cleaning. Full nude cleaning, one hour is two hundred twenty nine. So it this the prices can get up there. This is just like a local one. I don't want my wife to walk in behind me right now. <laughs> like four tabs open, exotic maids. So it looks like you know we're we're based in New York, but. These are popping up, and it looks like uh, their services, sites, businesses. Um, f- very interesting. I, I really wonder, like, I wonder how much Yo, business they're getting. Also, are you searching now too? <laughs> no, a hundred, a hundred bucks for an hour. You said, yeah, a hundred dollars an hour. Wait, I guess time out. We just talked about a cleaning person for our apartment that said it was a hundred an hour. Yeah, you're not even getting any like. But yeah, so that's not getting any tits and ass, as you said. (laughs) Yeah, this is ridiculous. This is the same price. You should haggle with them in that way. I'm gonna talk to. I'm gonna talk to my wife later. Some dude comes in, you're like, dude, pop your shirt off or something. Yeah, hundred dollars an hour. (laughs) Okay, this is. I'm gonna see. Even if I could just test this out once, I'll see if I can get the uh, the write off, the hall pass from the wife. Oh my god, this kid. Uh, but yeah, for anyone out there that wants to be a guest on the show, uh, hit us up, OPL podcast, OPL podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and, uh, we'll set you up. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, going a little viral lately on the talk from the clips. <laughs> um, and, uh, what is that handle? OPL podcast. That's what it yes. is. And uh, if you want to join our Patreon community, then head over to patreon.com slash OPL show. And we're using the funds there to uh, basically donate to charities or different people. So I know uh, one episode that's already out, we um, spoke to someone who was in an abusive relationship. So that really inspired us to uh, make the next donation for domestic abuse so things like that we get to be inspired by the show inspired by the patrons who want to give us ideas and be able to use that money for a good cause and that is all that is all guys see you guys next time